0: and 365-day returns.
1: Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, prime time for Liz Truss. Britain's broken Brits are broke, so what is her plan to rescue us? Can we trust in Truss? Tonight's panel will debate a historic day in British politics. And of course, at the top of the PM's entry, the cost of living. Plus, just when we thought it couldn't get any worse for Britain... Princess Pinocchio jets in to lecture us all about equality and poverty. Live from London, this is Piers Morgan
2: Uncensored.
1: Well, good evening. Good to be back. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored, and welcome to Britain's new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. I would say congratulations to Ms. Truss, but there's no time for any celebration. This country is in a state of absolute shambles. Inflation is raging. Energy and food prices are rocketing. Thousands, if not tens of thousands, of small businesses face complete ruin. Millions of families are waking up wondering how they pay their bills. People are getting poorer every day. They're feeling desperate, and they're feeling they're safe. Violent crime is soaring, with shocking consequences. Nine-year-old Olivia Pratt-Corbel shot dead in her own home. Pensioner Thomas O'Halloran, who raised money for charity by busking in the street, Killed on his mobility scooter. Young kids stabbing each other with impunity. Sometimes to death with machetes. The NHS is in intensive care, creaking at the seams from a pandemic that's caused chronic staff shortages and massive waiting lists. Union strikes and picket lines are bringing chaos to our daily lives. Illegal migration across the channel is getting immeasurably worse, not better. The ill-conceived Rwanda policy is in tatters. Housing is in crisis, with rental costs out of control. The pound has crashed to a 37-year low against the dollar. And, of course, the Ukraine war continues to cause immeasurable harm to European economies and security. But if ever there was one symbol of where Britain's been heading, it's surely the torrents of raw sewage flowing into our seas and onto our coastlines. Forgive my language, Prime Minister, but Britain is quite literally turning... My question is this, what are you going to do about it? A clean break with Boris Johnson's disastrous three years of disorder and deceit would be a good place to start.
0: Boris, you got Brexit done. You crushed Jeremy Corbyn. You rolled out the vaccine and you stood up to Vladimir Putin. You were admired from Kiev to Carlisle.
1: Did you note that? That long, prolonged, very awkward silence. Never mind from Kiev to Carlisle. Boris Johnson isn't even admired by people in a room full of conservatives. And he didn't get Brexit done, really, did he? He wrapped a bandage around the Northern Ireland problem, left the wound untreated. And where exactly are all those promised benefits of Brexit? Right now, the negatives are a lot more painfully obvious. Boris Johnson promised a hell of a lot and he delivered very little. This trust's campaign has also promised a hell of a lot, including tax cuts, at a time when most economists think they would be inflation fueling madness. Well, Prime Minister, now is the time to get real. Britain doesn't need to be told we can have our cake and eat it anymore. There's no cake left. Boris Johnson's Britain was defined by complacency, chaos and calamity. Prime Minister trust your Brit must be about solutions, integrity, hope and honesty. Tell us the truth about the mess we're in. Tell us the truth about the pain that lies ahead. Tell us the truth about what you're going to do about it that will actually work. Your in-trade today must look like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Your country is on its knees. The office you now hold has been disgraced. Your people are angry, they're scared, and they need answers right now. You, Liz Truss, wanted this job you spent weeks promising us that you can fix it. You have the solutions. Well, Britain needs you to keep that promise and keep it fast. And we'll be very unforgiving if you fail us. Well, let's go now to talk to these political editor, Kate McCann. Uh, Kate, well, good to see you again. How are you? Have you miss me?
3: I'm good. Of course we missed you, Piers. It's all we thought about all summer was where you were.
1: I don't think I've ever, ever seen a less sincere response (laughs) on national television to a question. And for the record, (laughs) contrary to the popular myth that I was gallivanting around for weeks on end sunning myself, I spent half of it in maximum security prisons in America interviewing serial killers, which I have to say, on balance, was a bit like covering this Conservative Party leadership race in terms of pain. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I was going to ask you what you'd done to deserve that,
1: quite. Well, look, we've got a new Prime Minister, no big surprise. Liz Truss won. Probably the gap a bit narrower than people were expecting, uh, but the general belief was she had it in the bag from pretty early on because the Conservative Party membership, 170-odd thousand of them who voted in the end, uh, would tend to be, I guess, more drawn to a character like Liz Truss, sort of maggie Light figure, if you you want a a, a phrase for her. Uh, the, The question for her is, how is she going to deal... Kate, with what is, I would imagine, in terms of political uh, analysis going back 100 years, one of the most difficult hospital passes any prime minister's come in holding voluntarily, because she ran for this, that I can ever remember. This is a very difficult time to run this country.
3: It's near impossible, to be honest. And I think the thing that Liz Truss is going to find out very quickly when she walks into number 10, officially tomorrow, when she is the Prime Minister, is that she is not going to be able to keep everybody happy. And, of course... That's the one thing that you don't want to have to admit at any time when you're in number 10, but especially in your first week, because her party are looking to her to reunite them. They want to see her put people in the cabinet that are not just those who factor through this contest. Her urge is probably going to be not to do that, though, because she knows the scale of the task ahead. And if you think about it, you know, today behind the scenes, those who work with Liz Truss are briefing that the scale of the numbers here involved potentially £100 billion worth of support and really big questions which remain unanswered tonight. Where's that money coming from? Who's paying for it? Are the energy companies going to foot some of the bill? Are we all going to be paying for it for the next 10 years? Every single answer to that question is unsavoury for somebody and Liz Truss is going to have to find it and deliver that answer as quickly as maybe even Thursday. And it won't just be everyone in the country who wants to understand it, it will be her party too. And there were rumblings today, I was saying earlier on, at that QE2 centre, when she was delivering her speech, you know, MPs watching and waiting and suggesting that their patients would run out fairly quickly if they didn't see that she was going to bring everyone along with her. And the early signs are, suggestions from Number 10 tonight, that there could be a complete clear-out of everybody who's gone before, even those who some say she should keep because they will be helpful over what will be a really difficult period.
1: I mean, to me, the fundamental uh, problem she's going to have is keeping the commitment she's made to cut taxation for people at a time when most economists that I've read and heard from in the last few weeks say that would be complete madness, that there is simply not the money there to cut taxes and to do all the borrowing that she needs to do to help people. How is she going to do this?
3: Well, remember, it's not just that she said she would cut taxes, it's that she has berated politicians who give with one hand and take away with the other, hoping that the public don't notice. And ultimately, what's going to be really difficult for her here is when she does look at the books and she sees the scale of the problem with energy bills, as I said before, there has to be an answer to it. And ultimately, even if you say, well, it will be government borrowing, that will come back on taxpayers. And that is all of us. Even if it's not instant, there will be a long tail to this, which no. Prime Minister really wants to sign up for. And remember, she's also talking about longevity in energy markets and making big changes that will prepare us for the future. Again, significant investment, more money. And as you say, at a time when she's promised that she will be cutting taxes and giving families more back in their pockets, I think that is worrying the trust team. It's worrying MPs too, Just the scale, as you said, I mean, it's unprecedented for a prime minister to have to walk into something like this. And that's before we mention the problems, you know, Northern Ireland, Brexit, inflation, other really big issues which will be on her doorstep too.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I I would have preferred to see Rishi Sunak, to be honest, to be Prime Minister, simply because of his experience during the pandemic. I thought he was great with the furlough scheme and so on. Uh, But it was an interesting handover, wasn't it? When she was announced as winner, normally you would have expected her to at least shake the hand of the person she just beat. Totally ignored it. Bang, just, no, you're done, mate. Um, which, I, it says to me, she's got no intention of putting her in his cabinet, even if he would like to. And what worries me, Kate, about this cabinet is a bunch of rookies, in many cases, uh, completely untested in, in this kind of uh, situation we're in, which is unprecedented. Uh, how are they going to fare, these people? You know, when I see some of the names running great offices of state, I'm like, well, what, have, you, have you run a Welk stool before? I mean, Seriously. We are in an absolute crisis. Are these people good enough?
3: Well, that's the question that she's going to have to answer, and she started doing it. You know, she started to move out some of those big names, Pretty Patel, for example, and more to come, those people that will not feature among her top team. But I think... In those big offices quasi kwartang for example potentially the chancellor we suspect he's written an article today aimed at trying to calm the nerves of the country yes but largely the financial markets i think there is a sense that people like him do get it and that there is some real grip and grit within that top team of people But the bigger question will be, is there a place for Rishi Sunak? Is there a place for some of those wise heads who have experience but maybe didn't back Liz Truss during this contest? And will she be a big enough person to put them among her top table? Because, you know, she hasn't, as you said at the very start of this chat, she didn't win over you know, all MPs in Parliament. No. She didn't do as well as previous leaders in this contest. 57%, Boris Johnson, 66%, David Cameron, 67%. You know, the polling suggests that among 2019 Conservative voters, trust in her and faith in her sticking to her word has gone down Throughout this contest, she comes into office not riding a high, not with chat around an early election and a honeymoon period, but into headlong huge problems and disunity already. And that's really difficult. And remember, we've replaced the Prime Minister a number of times. And once MPs get used to that cycle of chaos, they don't feel so bad about doing it again.
1: Right, they've got the bloodlust. I can hear Anne Whittacombe to my right here growling in, I think, discontent to some of the things you were saying, Kate McCann, which is always a good sign, but I like a bit of growling on this show. Kate, good to see you again. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you very much for now, though. Uh, well, like I said, Liz Truss prepares to meet the Queen uh, tomorrow and name her new government. Uh, we've got a whole pack here champing at the bit, aren't you? Pack.
4: If you say so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a great pack. And we're going to get stuck into all this. Why is this disgraced leader of the last government already plotting his return? That's one question. Should Boris button it? And talking of buttoning it, Meghan Markle is preaching about equality right now in Manchester. And I would love to show you what she's saying, but I couldn't give a... Let's go to the break. Welcome back to uh, Piers Morgan Uncensored. Uh, Princess Pinocchio is still jabbering away up in Manchester, but we have zero interest in anything she has to say. Uh, the Conservative Party, though, has a final uh, got a new leader, and a new, we have a new Prime Minister, of course, the country. And yet, before Liz Truss even meets the Queen tomorrow, she is facing talk of a plot to oust her and a campaign to bring back Boris Johnson. God forbid. With rumors of a new book and newspaper column, plus giddy talk of a political comeback, will Boris be a thorn in Liz Truss's side? Is it time for him to just shove off and button it? We're well, joining me now is political journalist Ava Santina, columnist Emily Sheffield, and former Conservative Minister Anne Whittaker. Well, welcome to all of you first Piers Pack of the new season and you were literally growling at some of the things you were hearing why
4: well i mean i think one of the most significant things that there's already disunity you know, she hasn't been there five minutes right. and there's already disunity and everybody's talking about who, who's going to be chancellor of the exchequer who's going to be home secretary etc actually if she wants to win the next general election the most significant appointment from the point of view not of the country but of the party in parliament will be the chief whip because party in parliament, it's panic-prone, it's chaotic, uh, it believes that whatever the opinion polls are doing today, they will certainly be doing in two years' time. It has no long-term perspective. And the mere fact that within two minutes of a prime minister being chosen, they can be talking about, you know, plots and ousting, I mean, says it all. The
1: problem she's got got is the clock is ticking to the next election. And so with every day, week, month that goes by nearer to that election, MPs, as we know, get very self-serving, very anxious about their own job post that election. And if they think things are really floundering... William Hague's written a column uh, for The Times, which is in tomorrow's paper. Liz Truss is the PM who will either take us through the gathering storm of domestic and global crises, or we are lost... She is the captain under which the good ship Britain will find a safe harbour or sink. I mean, my right. God, this is like... Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever read that on a day one okay, of someone becoming but, prime minister.
4: But, therefore, give the captain a chance, rather than well, What is she selling us well, into the on, Titanic? On, rather than well, hang on, on ship, You hang on! Give what the is... captain a chance... But Look, hang on. You've been allowed to finish no, all you your sentence. No, you hang sentences. on. my Just show. By yourself. What if maybe said? your show? But you've invited me on. It what if the captain? Because you wanted to hear what I have to I do want to hear what say. you say. But and you what, said what I'm going to say is, Go on. give the captain a chance. Because if you start with a mutiny, the ship ain't going anywhere. Well, what
1: if the captain is steering us straight into the Titanic?
4: We, we cannot know that yet. We know can she we? wants
1: to cut taxes. We also know many economists think that's complete
4: madness. But can we also I... know that some economists do not. If you don't actually give her a chance, then for a certainty, the whole Margaret thing is wrecked. Thashen
1: when she came in big myth that she actually cut taxes. she raised taxes to start with until she got the economy back on track then she cut them. Why isn't trust doing that?
4: Trust has made a very clear point that what she wants to no, do she is, hasn't. well may <laughs> I finish as what she wants to do is to stimulate growth. Now give her the chance. If it fails, Piers, you'll be the first to shout... If
1: shatter it the fails, we're all box. in the cart. I are
4: in this the cart if we don't give her a chance. This, I
5: think this mutiny is being rather overplayed. You've had Steve Baker today, who is the arch rebel, has already come out saying, I'm not going to rebel. I've been doing it for years. I'm exhausted. I mean he's not exhausted at all. And I think a lot of the party actually know it is absolute suicide for the Tories if they mutiny mm. against her. Right. It doesn't mean they're not going to be silent. I agree with you, Anne, but I don't think you're yeah. going to see the kind of mutiny that you've seen with Boris Johnson. What you had with Boris Johnson is, A, a leader who didn't know how to lead, let's face it. He did over some issues. I do think his stance on Ukraine issues. was correct. And vaccines. But, and vaccines. But I don't think we're in the same period now. Brexit is done, and we've got sure. an economic crisis. And everyone's saying, oh, Liz has got this terrible intrigue. Well, She does. But she's also got a single issue she's got to really solve in the next two years, which is the economy. So she can unite her party behind that. If she wants to win the next election, the one thing she's absolutely got to get right, because no-one believes she can fix the NHS in the next two years, is green shoots. Yeah. That's all, all right. she needs to Ava, prove by that look, election. Here's the election. problem. I think it
1: doesn't matter who's in charge of the country right now. This is a basket-case situation where almost every metric you look at for Britain right now is a disaster. I mean, there's no other way of looking at it. Look at what's happening with the pound against the dollar. Yeah, who, I, when, I, when I was doing America's Got Talent as a judge in 2006, seven, the dollar rate from memory was something like two ten. Right, for every pound you got two dollars and ten cents. It's now one fourteen. Mm-hmm. Think about that difference. I,
6: I mean, I think about it often. I think that some people on this panel don't think about that because there have been a few events over the last 12 years that have led to that directly, namely Brexit, and namely. 12 years of the Tories being in power and not knowing how to govern the country properly, evidently. But look, I think, you know, Liz Truss today should have got up on that podium and finally revealed what she's going to do. Mm. for the millions of people right now who are looking at the next couple of months and genuinely don't know how they're going to pay their bills. I think it's so absurd that we're talking about tax cuts or give the woman a chance. Like, I don't <laughs> care. I want money. I want to know how how on earth people are going to pay for things. I just think it's just, it just feels a bit too but late. But I think,
5: wait, it's a bit uh, you can't, she can't say right. that literally as she accepts the crown exactly. because she's not Prime Minister yet. She could have. So she is, Maybe no, but she, she, can't, cause she can't actually because she's not Prime Minister yet. She has to meet the she Queen first. Her plans so so she can lay her She's yes, been part she's, of the government for the last will do 10 it years. Tomorrow I
1: mean, in front of my her problem with this trust is, this trust has been there for 10 years. She singularly seems to have failed upwards. No one says what? she was a great success. She got all the
4: trade deals when she was foreign
1: secretary. Yeah, they, she they did they get
4: were the trade, trade she deals. Did yeah, but they're already trading deals. I Why are, are you trying to I don't because. think she you can
1: point to Liz Truss being a massive success in any of the jobs she's had. I'm, mean, Sorry, I'm one of not the saying she was a massive failure. But I don't see a run of great successes where you go, well, that person should be prime minister. I see someone who sort of toddled along in underperforming governments, ending a missed car crash with Boris Johnson, to which she was very aligned to him and remains very aligned to him, whether it's Brexit to uh, Ukraine... So you're to you're criticising her for loyalty. Well, no, some, no well, it's interesting to me uh, that, that I don't even Rishi, Sunak, Rishi Sunak didn't win this because he was seen to be the guy who pulled a knife the knife into yeah, Boris. he wielded the yeah, knife. But he was right to wield the knife. Boris Johnson is right to have gone. Rishi Sunak was correct. Now we've lost probably the, the biggest intellect in that cabinet. It's now been frozen out and gone. And we have this untrusted trust that we have to all trust. And I'm just not sure I do trust her. No, well,
5: we don't no, I'm, I'm sure, sure you well, don't. But, but, no, but fundamentally, because... Weeks, because we don't, I keep to being it.
1: told she's the next Maggie Thatcher. Maggie Thatcher okay. would not be cutting taxes right now. If Liz Truss tries to cut taxation right now... I think it will be an apocalyptic move She's by a new verse, prime in minister.
4: In, in case, case you, you, in, in in like, you forgotten, the 1979 manifesto, well, maybe Sound you're like too manifesto. young to remember. Way too young. <laughs> <laughs> but the 1979 14. manifesto when Thatcher came in did not mention half the things that she subsequently did. Right. It was very, very broad brush. Do you think Liz um,
1: Truss has it in her to surprise us and to be bold and dynamic?
4: I think she might. I'm not going to say she will. I don't have a crystal ball and only.
1: What do we know about I mean, I don't know Liz I Truss. don't know
5: anything after no. six weeks,
1: well, right? really. I once asked her on Good Morning Britain, I think, what seven times eight was or something, and she spent about five 56. seconds agonizing. It was something like that. Or maybe nine, maybe <laughs> nine, eight to seventy-two, whatever it was. I, but she froze and panicked. That's my only memory of it. Do I don't know, know anything she, about but Liz. But we Truss. do know
5: she's quite good at the politics side because yes. she has won and she played I... those members like a like a you know yeah. s- s- stroking a purring cat don't she you did. think heard no, louder as she came up with ever Ava. more ridiculous statements i think what we might see um, and the tory party might then rebel in a year the right is she's promised this very new radical right agenda but is she actually going to deliver it? Because we don't have her vision yet. Every single thing she has said, she has actually already you well, So what's the deal with the way so she talks? So we don't taught? know anything the with about the way her, talks? really.
1: I watched her on um, Laura Koonsberg's new, new uh, show on BBC on Sunday, and she talks in this strange, robotic, very precise... So did Thatcher, way. until she trained almost her voice. Thatcher didn't until speak Until she like trained that. Her, voice. She Thatcher that. her voice. She didn't speak Thatcher that had a very annoying it's like, it's voice. It's almost like, she, like her, like her mind is computing what to say. Or what not to say. I don't
5: mind somebody thinking.
4: Let's take a listen to
1: it. People know what I'm talking about.
0: Boris, you got Brexit done. You crushed Jeremy Corbyn. You rolled out the vaccine and you stood up to Vladimir Putin. You were admired from Kiev to Carlisle.
1: Three of those I, I can sign up to. I actually voted for Boris Johnson precisely to stop Jeremy Corbyn becoming Prime Minister. He would have been even worse. So tick on that, tick on Ukraine. You know, I, there's a lot of things... The vaccine roller, he made a big call with Kate Bingham, which was proven to be entirely correct. There are things that you can tick in Boris's box. Big things. Yeah, but the damage that was done from the constant lying... The constant dissembling, the constant breach of trust for the British public, culminating in Partygate, with a Downing Street on the lash every night, as we're all uh, kept from seeing dying loved ones. And that's
4: what you wanted, to hear Liz Truss, saying today.
1: Well, no, what I wanted Liz Truss to do today was, was somehow to restore. She did the
4: right thing. She praised her predecessor, which is the normal. Why thing would to you do, praise someone and that then move literally on, over and then... 50
1: ministers voted because, to get rid of?
4: Because she actually set out what she was praising him for, and you yourself have agreed. I with think it. she did that. And you yourself only... have agreed. She won. only
1: won this race could by we, sucking up to Boris Johnson. back
5: to your point about her performance, though, because I think we've got to talk about Labour a bit more. That is who she's got to beat at the next right. election. And he also is not a brilliant performer. He doesn't have a huge amount of charisma, so it's going to be quite difficult. All right, well, let me bring we've got an two, on Labour. Two that... leaders who are
1: not right, so highly Keir, charismatic. Keir Starmer is quite robotic as well as yeah, a public very, yeah. speaker, there's no question. He's not Mr. Charismatic. I don't think he needs to be. If I'm Keir Starmer right now, I'm thinking, you know what the best strategy is? Sit back and let them drive this into the Titanic.
6: Yeah, but we've had that strategy for a good two years from Labour, and it's the reason that they're not 20 points ahead in the polls. I mean, right now, if. Sakir, in my opinion, had any sense he'd be out there calling for for another general election. That's what he'd be doing. But look, you know, you watch that speech with Liz Truss. She's extremely robotic. She's extremely boring. I don't think she won over the the conservative electorate. I think those conservatives, as that senior Tory MP told us halfway through this campaign, they would never elect a person of colour. And that's what the issue was. She won by default. I'm sorry. I, I really not. No, really I'm not do, sure I agree with no, that. No, I, I really do won not. Won
4: the membership I really do not agree with that. You go i I'm very proud of the fact. I'm not. Um, although I'm not a Conservative, or I'm not in the Conservative Party anymore, I'm very proud of the fact that in that election, the final two were a woman and somebody of ethnic origin. And yeah. the trouble with Labour is talks big about those things, delivers
1: nothing. I mean, that is no, true. true. That is so The Labour Party has never had I agree with that. any leader who's not a white bloke. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's just a fact. They bang yeah. on, they virtue signal away about diversity. There's absolutely nothing diverse about Labour leadership ever.
5: But I think it's going to be very interesting on Wednesday at PMQs because he should really, Keir Starmer, tear into her. Mm. He has got so... As, you, as you're opening to this programme, mm. Broken Britain, NHS on its knees, social care on its knees, six police forces on special measures, including the Met, the spate of murders, he has got so much ammunition... Honestly, some if, he, young, if, no, but if he doesn't win the next election, sh- he doesn't deserve somebody it. Somebody was I shot... Mean-
1: I got back to Britain uh, on uh, two nights ago and somebody was shot round the corner in Kensington, mm. right, which is, I think, the wealthiest borough in London, if not the country, and someone was shot dead in the street near a restaurant that I go into quite a lot. And I was quite... I mean, it shouldn't have been shot because there's violent crime everywhere. But it brought it home to me. Britain is getting very violent. We are getting people shot quite regularly.
4: Well, the police are ineffective, Pierce. Well, there aren't enough effective. of
1: them. Because, the, because yeah. the Tories took 20,000 yeah. cops off the streets.
4: But well, that's why... There aren't enough of them, that is quite true, but also they're focused on the wrong priorities. But how did a
1: party... Supposedly... Uh, they're, also they're focused yeah, but... on the and wrong priorities. how did a party based around law and order take 20,000 police off the streets? Mm-hmm. Well, the Complete fact, madness.
4: The fact is that we have been... Well, not we, they have been... <laughs> you became they the party of lawless more... disorder. No, I don't think that Didn't is... Didn't you?
1: No. You did? I... 20,000 off the streets. I didn't. Well, you wouldn't have done, probably. That's true. (laughs) Let's take a short break. I want to come back and talk more about the cost of living. I want to talk to one of the biggest supermarket bosses in the country and to a nurse who has cancer, can't afford to stop working because of what is going on with the economy. We'll talk to both of them after the break and get the panel reaction.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Well, welcome back to Piers Morgan, our census. Liz Truss's honeymoon as Prime Minister might just be a holiday from hell. She inherits the worst cost of living crisis in recent memory. Today, she promised a bold plan to tackle rising energy costs And she's reportedly mulling a package of up to £100 billion to freeze energy bills. There's it's not just energy. Food prices are soaring too. Last year, a loaf of bread was £1.15. Today, you're paying £1.24. Four pints of milk was £1.16. That's now £1.50. The average price for a pack of spaghetti was 52p. That's gone to 84p. You could pick up a can of premium brand baked beans for 83p. Now you're paying £1.20. The story, of course, can be told in America and Australia or around the world. Well, joining me now is Kerry George, a 48 year old woman of two, who's continued working as a nurse whilst receiving treatment for breast cancer to help keep a roof over her family's head. Kerry, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so sorry for what you've been going through. Um, this trust, new Prime Minister, she promised two things today. One, to fix the economic problems we have, and specifically to deliver a rescue plan for the NHS. Obviously, given your position where you're continuing to work in the NHS whilst uh, actually being a patient yourself, you've got cancer, uh, and really feeling the pinch economically, Mm -hmm. what do you make of this and what do you want to say to the Prime Minister? What should be her priorities?
7: Well, there should definitely be money put into the NHS. I mean, uh, quite frankly, I think it's ridiculous that um, the nurses have been offered such a low pay rate rise after everything that they've gone through with uh, COVID and everything, something needs to happen straight away. There's there is, there's no staff anywhere. There's a staff shortage on all wards wherever I go, and that really needs to be addressed.
1: It seems it's, to me, Kerry, that the pandemic the really moment. knocked the NHS for six in the sense that... Uh, it, a lot of staff had to take time off because they themselves got the virus. Some lost their lives. A lot of uh, staff went back Absolutely. to their original countries. You know, Brexit, I don't think, has helped at all in this yeah. process. Uh, and you're left with a, a streamlined, very short-staffed system trying to cope now with a massive backlog of cases, of non-COVID cases, yeah. we know this, waiting lists through the roof. So the NHS you know, wants this great beacon of how you should do healthcare in a country, now looks like it's creaking at the seams.
7: Yeah, I mean, and the intake of nurses, of student nurses, is shut down as well. There doesn't seem to be that incentive to want to go into the profession because it's the way nurses have been treated so badly and, and doctors too. Do what is morale like amongst
1: amongst medical staff now in, in hospitals?
7: It's very low at the moment and um, it's a very high stress level on the staff who are there all the time. It, um, it, the burden of work on them and ratio between staff and patients is just way too demanding at the moment. And, you know, it's, staff are going to become stressed and that's going to lead to more sickness in turn and um, even, less shortage, even more shortage
1: and how are you doing Kerry you're having to have chemo and continue working because you can't afford to to not work right
7: yeah yeah, i'm I'm exhausted Um, my plan was to work through the chemo up until i became too ill to work but um, i've been told by my doctor today that it's not a good idea of me going to work at the moment so unfortunately I think I'm going to have to start thinking about my health at this point.
1: And what will you do? Um, what will you do uh, about money if you are forced to do that?
7: Oh, well, this is the problem. <laughs> this is the reason I wanted to work as long as uh, I can, because um, well, I've put in for a personal independence payment, which has recently been declined on the grounds that I haven't been ill long enough. Um, how they came to that decision i i will never know and for anyone with a disability whether it happens overnight i mean you you need something in place now not in six months time down the down down the road you you just haven't got that money in the bank to see you through so um it, it's pretty dire a, a friend a good friend in work um, Laura has set up a GoFundMe page and I've had donations from the nursing staff and church, which I'm just so grateful for. Everyone's been so lovely. I don't know what I would have done well, without Kerry... them. Uh, look, I wish, uh, you all
1: I, the, I wish you all the very best with your treatment, and it's obviously not going to be easy for you, oh, or, or, thank like you so much. many people, when you have to go home and you can't work, and you're worried about the bills and energy costs are flying up, food yes. are, uh, are flying up. I'm about to interview the boss of Iceland supermarket. Do you shop there?
7: Yes, I do. Yes.
1: How have you found the costs of of food in Iceland products? I think.
7: Well, I think Iceland is generally pretty good. Um, I mean, food has gone up everywhere. It's it, At the moment, it's, it's the same everywhere, but um, I have started using Iceland a bit more than I used to because you can't you can pick up bargains there, so...
1: Well, he'll be pleased to hear that. Uh, Kerry, I've got to leave it there. Thank you very much. Keep battling. We're all behind you and I wish you all the very best okay, with your treatment. OK, thank
7: you so much.
1: All right, all the best.
7: Okay, well, let's
1: talk, now, let's talk now to Managing Director of Iceland, uh, Richard Walker. Richard, uh, well, the good news is that Kerry, uh, despite all she's going through, she's converted to Iceland, and I'll come to, to some point about Iceland in a minute, but just, you know, you've been running a, a big supermarket chain for a while now. Have you ever faced anything quite like this, even at the start of the pandemic? Is this as bad as you've ever known things?
2: Yeah hi good evening peers um i i think that's fair to say Um, I've certainly never known anything like this, and actually the business was set up 52 years ago by my mum and dad, and uh, dad told me the other day he's never known anything like this either. Bearing in mind Iceland was started in 1970, the oil price shock decade, when inflation was running in mid-20%. So really quite sobering, and I suppose the difference now is that it's coming at us from all angles. You know, we have some labour shortages, um, we have a high oil price, um, we we have Brexit and some uh, tariffs to deal with. But then, of course, um, we also have uh, the, the energy price, which is not just affecting our consumers and our suppliers, but also uh, running shops like this as well.
1: Right. I mean, for, for a, a company like Iceland, uh, I mean, do you know what you pay per year for energy just for, to keep the stores going in a regular year? And do you know what it's likely to go up to with this
2: surge? I do, Uh, I can't tell you, but last year, just for for a guide, um, our electricity bill was £60 million, Um, and and this year it will be many times more, Um, and that's the reality that we're facing, but also SMEs, small businesses on, on every high street all around the UK, so... Uh, the level of this uh, crisis can't be overestimated, and I think you're right to compare it to uh, the start of the pandemic or, indeed, the financial crisis um, 10, 15 years ago. What we have is an energy market that is completely dislocated. It's bearing uh, no semblance to reality, and it's making it impossible to, uh, to plan and uh, for us to, to plan ahead, to open shops, um, so that we can keep on doing good things for our customers, customers like Kerry, Um, so that that we can be there for them through through this cost-of-living crisis.
1: I mean, despite Kerry's support, uh, it's been reported that Iceland had a 6.6% price rise since 2021, the largest of any UK supermarket. Is that right? And if so, why?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously started at a very low base, um, and it depends what you measure. But it is true that our prices have gone up, um, as have all of our competitors. However, we are famous for value, as Kerry uh, said. So um, we work day and night to keep our prices absolutely as low as possible. You mentioned milk. Uh, it's now pound fifty, in competitors. It's slightly less here. We don't make any money out of that. And, uh, right, but if it's you know, all I like it's all we, we for like...
1: Right, if it's all like the like, though, why has yours gone up by a bigger percentage?
2: Um, some products will have done, but some products won't. You can still find uh, the cheapest uh, uh, bread, milk, um, obviously our frozen range. We've also done things like freezing the price of all of our £1 lines, over 200 uh, lines to the end of the year. We used to make 25% margin profit out of that, now we're going to lose money. So we're having to invest, we're having to uh, change our operating model, um, and we're having to step up for our customers. What we need now is the government to step up as well for uh, small businesses, but also for big businesses like us. They need to protect the whole business ecosystem. We have a lot of small suppliers who are reliant on us to do well. We have 30,000 colleagues, 5 million customers a week, 1,000 stores. So it's really important that the government also helps big business because it's well, exactly it, it the is. same problem I mean, as that it is look is small true. It's also
1: important that, that bosses and companies take care of their staff. The Sun reported two weeks ago yep. that you pay your staff the lowest Of any major supermarket £9 an hour. Again, is that right? And if so, why? No, that's wrong.
2: No, that's wrong. We pay pay them £9.50 as a a frontline colleague, um, and it it tapers up from there. Now, a couple of years ago, we were amongst the best payers on the high street. And I'm not proud of the fact now that we're just in the pack with everyone else, but it's a reality of the uh, spiralling operating costs that, that we're facing. If I can pay them more, I will. And, but you're paying uh, them under the living things. wage we right now, right? We don't mess around. No, no, no. Of course we're not, and uh, we don't mess around with zero hours £9. contracts. We're trying to move everyone wage. to 16 hours and over. Uh, in in London, yeah, and and that's what we pay there. But uh, as as a, a frontline colleague elsewhere, nine pound fifty. It's so, eleven pounds yeah, five I mean, in illegal London. illegal to. It's, it's illegal to pay less, so we, we certainly don't do that, but we... Um, yeah, I am not talking about minimum um, wage. We, we about do living... other things. Sorry, giving... uh, I'm talking about
1: living wage, not minimum wage.
2: Oh, OK, the real... Yes, exactly. The real real living wage, which is something that we aspire to no, I'm just to curious do, why... And, look, I, you look, know, I'm, I'm not
1: accusing you of it. I'm just saying that you do uh, apparently yeah. pay your staff less than anybody else. I'm just curious as to why, because I think it's incumbent on the government to help businesses like you, but also incumbent on bosses and companies like you and your company, to take care of their staff?
2: Oh, absolutely. And that's why we're giving them a 15% discount um, ongoing now. We'll give them bonuses at Christmas. Um, We're trying to do everything we can. And the moment we can afford to pay more, we will. Bearing in mind we lost money last year, we will do this year. But you know, we want to create jobs. We're one of the few retailers that's actually growing. We opened 30 shops last year. That's 30 jobs. Okay. If there's one thing you could tell Liz Trust, so this is about helping the high streets around the UK. All
1: right. If there's one thing you could get Liz Trust to do and announce tomorrow to help business, what would it be?
2: Energy price cap for business, big business as well as small. Um, don't just focus on further rate relief for pubs and restaurants. All business needs supporting. That's what you can do tomorrow. And then longer term, we need to uh, fix our completely broken energy markets. Okay. Um, they're they're spiralling out of control, and that's what needs to be done. And it can be done quite quickly as well.
1: All right. Richard Walker, thank you. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Just very quick reaction to, to, to both those interviews there. I mean, they've got the sharp end of this poor nurse, got ke- chemo treatment, having to work, now I'm going to give that up.
4: Yeah. Can I, can I just say to Kerry, if she's still listening,
1: yeah. focusing for a
4: moment on the refusal of that payment, she should, if she hasn't already done it, get in touch with her yeah. MP yesterday. Okay. And I do mean that, because okay. that's what he, he or she is there for.
1: OK. Uh,
4: that's the first thing. Uh, on the NHS, just mm. let me make this comment. COVID isn't the cause of this. It was the catalyst. I said 20 years ago in 1998, you might just remember it, I made a major party conference speech... That I, do, N- I do remember that you saying that. the NHS would not survive. I
1: think the system is it, broken.
4: It, well, well, it was set up for a completely different set of yeah, circumstances. I agree. What did you make of
1: Richard Walker? You know, look, these bosses are in difficult positions um, and, you know, it's going to be very difficult to see how they get out of this. It, with the energy bills alone for supermarket stores.
5: No, I I absolutely agree. I think it is worth mentioning that quite a lot of businesses will have fixed their energy for a while. Mm. So not every business is going to need it. I think you do need... So we don't have a massive COVID cash handout again, Mm. I do think... Businesses are going to have to be stress tested. That if your energy bills yeah, I, are capped, you yeah. don't need a massive handout. But every business is going to need no, some help. No, I agree. Help. Final so word,
1: Ava, gonna leave it there. But final word to you about that.
6: No one needs an energy cap. We need a wealth tax. That's what we need.
1: Okay. <laughs> Wealth tax. Well, why not? I don't mind paying more. Uh, thank you both uh, to, well, to all my wonderful back. Much appreciated. Coming up, the deluded Duchess is back in town. Big yawn, preaching away. God knows about what. I don't really care. But we're going to debate whether she should be here at all. Why should she be back here with her half-wit husband after trashing our royal family? We'll debate that after the break. Well, welcome back. Our regret to announce that uh, Halfway Harry and the Preaching Princess Pinocchio are back in the UK, banging on about the usual stuff, whining, moaning, preaching about quality, poverty, usual thing. Uh, my question is, what are they doing here? Here's a little clip. Not much, because are not really that interested, but have a listen to this.
0: It is very nice to be back in the UK. Have any of you today so far had that feeling, that pinch-me moment where you just go, how am I
6: here?
1: Yes. How are you here and why are you here? <laughs> all you've done is trash this country, trash the royals, trash the monarchy and upset the Queen. What are you doing here? Well, lawyer Paula Roan, Adrian, and talk to contributor Esther Krakow here. So, Paula, why, why are they here? They hate this country. They hate the royal family. They've disowned the royal family. They hate the monarchy and all it stands for. They keep their royal titles and fleece them for hundreds of millions of dollars to the highest bidder, mm-hmm. what are they doing back here?
0: OK, so, first of all, they were invited. Secondly, I've never heard them say that they hate this country. I've never heard them say they hate the royal family. And I know that the facts are very important to you, Piers. So let's deal with the facts. They are working. They are here to They're promote... they not working. They're the earning Invictus their Netflix games. money...
1: They're being followed by Netflix everywhere they go, so they're doing their charity work. Mm. They're coming along patting people on the head so that Netflix can record it for their lovey-dovey documentary, which they're getting paid, by the way. Yes, I'm told over $100 million for this work. So suggest
0: that doing charity work is equivalent to you patting somebody on the head... They don't do any duty. That's quite They abandoned the
1: country, they abandoned royal duty but they want to keep the titles, they want to fleece the titles. I'm just not having this. I think it's complete double standard. They are damaging the monarchy with every interview they give. Chip, chip, chip away. Meghan Markle were all a bunch of racists. Apparently British journalists called her child the N-word. No evidence. Apparently someone in the royal family expressed concern about Archie's skin colour. No evidence. And so on. She sprays out this stuff, damaging the monarchy, damaging the country... No evidence ever gets produced.
0: But I think she's holding the royal family hostage with that because if you've if you've been a victim of racist abuse, why don't you name the person? Because you know if you don't say who it is, you're tarnishing that the you're, you're painting the royal family with that brush. But my question is, isn't Harry Esther, suing the royal Esther, family? Have you ever been a victim of racist oh, abuse? Oh, I have actually, and, I and have one... you always named? Oh, absolutely. Have you, you've yes, always named. No, because well, if it I can tell you. I've been a victim of racist abuse. I know exactly who the people are who have racially abused me. And I know I know where they're them? working. I know what, what they're doing. And to date, I haven't named them because Why? That's your... because mm-hmm. I will be told where is my proof. And no doubt there are a I'm number sorry. of your viewers, number of your viewers Come who are watching it. this now, peers, who will say to you that I am suffering bullying at no, work. I am being victimised at work, but no here, here, one here, believes actually, me. Here, here actually, is, is actually the the bit, well,
1: actually, it's funny. The biggest allegations of bullying against any member of the royal family were against Meghan Markle against two PAs who apparently were bullied so much they had to leave no, here, here and were in tears thing. every single day here they went the to thing. work so that you know where she denied the, the it this is what, what I was being told when the I word. The,
0: what you were told your where is the evidence and this is what your we have to be careful about word. because we want to have a very dignified discussion about this we don't want dignified. to do this backwards and forwards and and Harry, she you said, think he, think said he said she said he said and this is what happens and that's the only basis that we have it's he said she said why here they were invited they were invited they were invited of course they
1: were invited because charities want publicity. My point is they are bringing a Netflix camera crew. This is why William won't see them. This is why Charles isn't seen. This is why the Queen won't see them. They don't trust them. They don't trust them not to put it all on camera, to put it all in Harry's tell-all book, where he'll cause even more misery for the royal family. And I think, at what point does this stop? These, these two apparently. I can agree with these, you two on ab- that point. these two apparently left the country because they wanted privacy.
0: I can agree with you on the fear that Charles and William are probably grappling with at the moment, because you're absolutely right. Harry and Meghan will not be silenced. They will not be silenced. No, but hold on. They feel that they have been you're hurt, I, I, okay, and I don't know whether they have. They feel that they've been hurt, and
1: they will not be silenced. I don't want to talk about a Let me make one thing clear. They can oh, bang oh, on in public as much as they like. They just can't do it. As the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, as members of the royal family. Strip them of the titles, they can yap away, and by the way, but their what? market value would go.
0: But why shouldn't she name. Last her... word. Hold on, why shouldn't she name who racially abused her? Because that's a very well, serious accusation. Well, I agree. Accusation. I agree. The last word should be gratitude. If you're going to accuse. You're, you're here like... because of Meghan, and I know you're grateful about that. Oh. I'm here because of <laughs>
1: Meghan. That is actually true. Exactly. I wouldn't be doing so that Meghan Markle's good... help. Yeah. Thank you, Meghan. <laughs> Thank you to my panel. <laughs>